Isn't God good? And that wasn't, that was underwhelming. Come on, how many know our God is great? Amen. You know, just because it's the last night doesn't mean that it's just the last night. How many understand what I'm talking about? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God is in the house. Look at another neighbor and say, God is in the house. I really need you to look at someone and say, this message is for you. Okay, look for somebody else and say, this message is for you. I really want to say that because I don't want any of you dodging what God wants to do. Amen. Because a lot of people will start dodging what God wants to do. I have felt all day long, uh, you know, uh, John Davis called me this morning. He said to say hi to all of you and. He loves you and, and misses you and everything. And he asked me what I was going to be ministering. I said, I think the Lord wants me to minister on mantles and commissioning. He goes, oh, I can feel that. Amen. <clears throat> and so that's what we're going to do. And just like your pastor come up to me, just like he said, come up to me and, and said that uh, he feels like we need to anoint people and, and like a commissioning. I said, that's what the Lord's been dealing with me all day long. Amen. Now, now let me let me give you a little nugget here, okay? Uh, you know, because when when it comes to these type of services, you know, a lot of people will shut down. Like, okay, God, don't don't do that because I don't want to go to Africa. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go there. How many know that you have a harvest field right where you're at? Everybody say right where we are at. Amen. So. I'm just going to give you a little definition of commission, then we're going to go into the mantle thing. I feel the presence of the Lord here. Isn't our God good? Wow. Wasn't last night a wow service? Look at your neighbor and say, that was a wow service. How many of you got that voice that's just plowed out of your... How many got them voices just plowed out of your head? Amen. If you said, well, pastor, they came back. Well, you got to fight that off. I mean, you know, you got to fight that off, you know. But anyway, okay, to commission. Everybody say commission. commission. Commission means a formal written warrant granting the power to perform various acts or duties. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say that again. A formal written warrant granting the power to perform various acts or duties. It's a certificate conferring military rank and authority. Look at your neighbor and say, we are in the army of God. Look at another neighbor and say, you are in the army of God. <laughs> Amen. So I do believe this is commissioning. I really believe God is going to place mantles on all of us. Everybody say all of us. Okay, and I mean the ones of us that have a mantle, the Lord's going to do a fresh thing because I don't know about you. How many of you got to see the Jesus Revolution? movie how many got to see that wasn't that incredible you know i got i i didn't know too much about the uh you know the jesus movement you know i came to the lord probably in 77 78 uh, i did not know even know about that uh but uh i mean i i i, I saw that movie four times and i wept every time 
Because I was saying, Lord, you're going to have to give us an anointing for this generation. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes as believers, we think that, the, that this generation is beyond God grabbing a hold of them and saving them and bringing them in. Well, that's what the church thought back in that day. Amen. And on the flop side of that, the church back in that day didn't want them type of people to show up their churches. And we got people nowadays that don't want them type of people out there to show up in their church. You know, they don't want them to come in that's all tattooed up and all, you know, earrings and piercings here and here and there. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't want that type of stuff, but we have to be open for that. Look at your neighbor and say, we need to be open for that. I mean, my goodness, if you had Brownsville, they would come in from, from the beaches. Amen. I mean, they come walking off the streets. I remember the story of a, lo- a young lady that she was at the beach sunbathing, and, 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 and all of a sudden she just felt the urge to go to this church, never been there before, showed up Brownsville, and she came in in her bathing suit. And guess what? The only seat that was open was down on the front row. And you know what? They just ushered her right down on the front row just like she was in her bathing suit. Amen. And, and she listened to the word, and when it came time for the altar call, she ran down and gave her heart to the Lord. And, and, and so listen to, we have to be open to this generation, amen? Come on, I don't care how weird they are. I don't care how weird they are, okay? We have to be open to them, amen? Because everybody thought us hippies were weird back in our day. But So we need, it, we need a, a, a word. God is, is wanting to place on us, everybody say me, a mantle for this generation, okay? Okay? Whether you want it or not. <laughs> Amen. I can feel the presence of the Lord. I'm going to go through some scripture here, and then I'm excited. I mean, I am really excited for what God's going to do at the end of this because, I don't know. Amen. Isn't God good? Okay, a mantle, listen to this, a mantle figuratively, uh, figuratively uh, cloaked symbolizing preeminence or authority. Amen? Everybody say authority. authority. Amen. Just like commissioning is an authority, the mantle in scriptures is authority placed upon a person. Amen? Male and female. Amen? Everybody say male and female. You know, long, longer the days that that, that, that that females are just pushed to the side like they were used to, amen? Because this is an anointing, a mantle for all of us. Everybody say all of us. All of us. Amen. How many have ever felt a mantle come upon you? Lift your hands really high. Don't half mass, have really high. There you go. <clears throat> amen. So let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. I'm going to talk about Elijah and Elisha. Amen. And then I'm going to go down through a lot of scripture to, to lead us to what God wants to do. Amen. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, you know, we, we, all, we all kind of dog Elijah. You know, we really too kind of dog him because of what he went through. How many of you have ever gone through anything? Amen. And a lot of times we think, you know, because of what he went through and, and God, you know, told him to go do this and go do this, that we thought his ministry was over. Do you understand that even when he went and, and, made, and anointed this person to be king and this person to be, do you understand it's like 18 years he was still on the earth? You know, 
putting into Elisha. You know it. And, and, and listen to me, that guy, he went through that, you know, type of depression and the attack of the Jezebel spirit. But guess what? He got to go to heaven, didn't even die. Amen. So listen to me, I say that because never, 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 never discount you for what you've gone through. Amen. We all go through stuff. Amen. Okay, but here, but so, so we're going to pick up on this story because, you know, Elijah, he did run because of the influence of, of the Jezebel spirit and God had to come and get a hold of him. How many are thankful that God knows where you're at? Oh, no, no. How many are thankful that God knows where you're at? Amen. Come on. How many, no, I'm going to say, how many of you are really thankful God knows where you're at? David actually says, there's nowhere I could go that, I'm, I'm, that you're not there. Amen. He even said, even if I made my bed in hell, you're there. Amen. So, so we need to be thankful that God knows where we're at. So God goes and, and, and woos, you know, uh, Elijah back up and everything. And so he gives him this command in 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 15. And he tells Elijah, the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel, the king, oh, king over Syria, and you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, the king over Israel, and Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. You shall anoint Elisha to take your place. Amen. Not that God was finished with him like finished with him. Amen. But, but, but the mantle that Elijah had was for then, but also was a future mantle. I mean, I believe that he's going to be one of the two that comes back in the end time, amen? So, so, his, so his mantle is still resting on him for when he comes back to this earth, amen? But the Lord said, I want you to anoint Elisha. Everybody say Elisha. Elisha. Listen to me. How many of you have ever had a man or woman of God come upon you and, and, and prophesy and speak something over you? This, uh, thus says the Lord, you're going to do this and do that. How many have ever had that? Amen. How many have ever had that? Now listen to me. I don't know about anybody else, okay? But they just don't do that just to be doing that. You understand? And I think you really need to get that, that, that kind of like sunk down in your spirit because a lot of times you can sit there and go, oh, they're just doing that because they're just doing that because they want everybody to do something. Whenever a man or a woman of God comes to you and prays over you and prophesies something over you, that's coming from God himself. When God sent Elijah to Elisha, that come from God himself. You understand? So, so, so the commissioning, the mantling comes from God himself. Elijah is just a messenger, amen? Your pastors here are just the messengers. Me being a pastor up at Kansas City are just the messengers, amen? And you really got to understand this because the enemy will get, you, get into your thoughts and say, oh, you know, you know, Brother Ralph, he just anoints everybody. You know, he prophesies over everybody. You know, but Brother Pastor Scott, he just tells everybody they're going to go into ministry. You want to know why we tell you that? Because everybody has a place in the army of the Lord, amen? You understand that? All of us have a place, amen? And so, so God sent Elijah to Elisha and said, I want you to anoint him because I'm going to use him when you leave this earth, Amen? And listen to me, just like your pastor said the other night, we, we 
we have lost a lot of mantles, okay, only temporary, because I believe people are going to rise up and grab a hold of these mantles again, amen? Because I'm telling you, nobody, nobody that's been anointed of the Lord, they, they, when they leave this earth, their mantle should be picked up by someone. Amen. Amen. How many understand that? I read, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, this is so fresh on me because a couple of months ago in our service up there, the Lord, you know, I used to wear suit jackets a lot. I remember the suit days, you know, tying the suits, you know. I used to wear them all the time. Now we kind of got away from them. But when I used to wear my suit jackets a lot, the Lord will have me take my jacket off and wrap it around someone else and just release the glory that was on me to come upon them. I've done that to Brian, one of my spiritual sons. The other day, I had to have one. one I don't know who went up. Did you go get a jacket? Who went Who went to got the jacket? No, I put it on you. Someone else went to, to give the jacket. But I'm sitting there in a service, and the Lord goes, you need to go up and get one of your suit jackets. And so I asked someone, I forget who it is, run up to get my, one of my suit jackets, and the Lord had me place it on my daughter. And I placed it on my daughter, and I started prophesying over her and, and decreeing, you're going to take this thing further than your dad ever has. You know, you're going to be more anointed to do things that your dad hasn't been able to do yet. Because one of these days, I'm going to be gone. Amen. I mean, one of these days, we're going to be gone. And the Lord had me to anoint her with oil, put my mantle on her, and speak things and decree that she's going to take, grab a hold of the mantle and go down further with it. Amen. Than, 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 than what I have been able to do. Amen. And listen to me. Listen to me, because when my wife went to heaven, you know, how many know the enemy always tries to get in, you know? So when my wife went to heaven, the Lord opened up the door for her to go to heaven. I was there when she went to heaven, you know, and, and so I felt the presence of the Lord. I mean, I felt the presence of the Lord. And this was my first, this, this was my first words that came out. I said, you went to heaven on me, and that makes me jealous. Amen. But then listen to me, listen to me real good. Because, I mean, know the devil that he'll, he'll come and try to discourage you. I mean, understand that. So within a week, because not too long before my wife went to heaven, I'd done a message, your glass is half full. I mean, no, we're always looking at our glass being half empty. We forget it's half full. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. So I spoke a message on that, and the enemy come to me like within a week of my wife going to heaven, and he goes, ha-ha. He said, it looked like your glass got a little more empty. You know, I knew exactly what to, to say to him then. I said, oh, no, 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 you ain't going to get that on me, devil. I said, my glass just got fuller because my wife is in heaven. Yeah. Let me understand that, amen. And then like a couple months down the road, because the devil is a devil. I mean, no, the devil is a devil. Listen to me. If you think he's going to leave you alone, you need, to, you need to wake up, amen. He's not going to leave you alone, okay. If you're ever hoping there's going to be a day that you, the devil's just going to stop messing with you, you just need to pray the Lord take you on home, and you'll be in heaven, and he'll stop messing with you. So it was a couple of weeks, a couple of months down the road, and, and I was in my quiet time, and the enemy, you know, how many of you have the enemy kind of show up in your quiet times? Does it kind of shock you that that happens? Yeah, but but he, just, he shows up. 
You know, some in my quiet time, he goes, oh, he said, how about all them prophecies that were spoken out over you? How about all them men and women, God, that they spoke over and they said, you and your wife, you and your wife this, you and your wife this, you and your wife this. You know, I mean, no, sometimes you don't, you go, you're going to have to get along with God to get the right answer. Amen. I did not know how to respond to that then, but I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you have an answer for this enemy. And, and so the Lord took me to Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. When Abraham was on the earth, how many know God told him that his seed was going to be as numerous as the stars and as numerous as the sand? But how many know when Abraham left this world, it wasn't as numerous as the stars and as numerous as the sand? And so the Lord showed me this. But the Lord also showed me, he said, every Jewish person that is born... Abraham's ministry still his blessing. What God spoke on him is still producing. Every person that gets born again is still producing. Just because he's gone is still producing. I mean, understand that. So I had an answer for that devil. I went and said, hey, listen to me. I got an answer for you. Just because my wife is gone doesn't mean it's over, amen. It's still producing, amen. Everybody say, still producing. It's still producing, and so I do know that my granddaughter kind of has her grandma's uh, uh, mantle resting on her, Zoe, amen? So anyway, everybody say mantle. So, so God's the one that tells people to speak things over you, amen? Listen to me. You can ask your pastor. We don't sit around all day and try to figure out what to say to you. <laughs> I'm, not in the hotel, I'm not in the hotel room and say, okay, I'm going to. Say la, 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 you know, to whoever. It just comes upon you. I mean, I understand that. It just, it just just comes, you know. But it comes from the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. So what the Lord is going to commission us tonight, put mantles on us, it's not from me. It comes from the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. Because you really got to, I know people that don't pick up what God wants them to do because they think, oh, that's just the pastor. Yeah, that's just Brother Ralph. He, he, he thinks everybody ought to be in, in the ministry. Well, I do. <laughs> and you all look at me like, I don't want to be in the ministry. <laughs> I'm not talking about everybody being pastors, amen. But all of us have a ministry to do. Amen. Everybody say, I have a ministry to do. Okay, so listen, it is God who tells, it is God who, who, who puts out the commissioning. It is God that tells someone to go and put a mantle on someone else, amen? So understand that, okay? So now we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're going to go further down to verse 19, okay? So this is when Elijah actually goes and finds Elisha, okay? So he, Elijah, departed from there and found Elisha, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. Then Elijah passed by him. Listen to this. Elijah didn't even say anything. Elijah passed by Elisha and threw his mantle on him. Amen. He just walked by and just threw it on him. Amen. How many would like for that to happen? Well, I'm telling you, God's going to throw some mantles on us tonight. I'm mean, ready for God to throw something on you tonight. 
No, I mean, I mean, you're really, really ready for God to throw something on you tonight, amen? Stay with me. Stay with me. This may not be as fired up as last night, but it will get fired up here. Trust me. It will, amen? And so, so, so Elijah just passed by and threw his mantle on him, on Elisha. And he left the oxen, Elisha did, and ran after Elijah and said to him, please let me kiss my father, my mother, and then I will follow you. Okay, now Elijah looked at Elisha and said, go back for what have I done? For, what, what, what have I actually did that you're just not willing to leave right now? Do you know that he was actually test, testing young Elijah, Elisha to see if he's seriously to take this thing up? Amen. I mean, know that you have to be serious to pick up what God wants you to have. Amen. I mean, no, you got to be willing to forsake everything to have what God wants you to have. I mean, you got to know, you got you to be willing to do that, amen? Some of you are already fearful. I mean, I can feel it. Some of you are already scared. Some of you are resisting right now because you think God's going to yank you out of this and there and everything and put you somewhere where you don't want to be, amen? But you need to just calm down. <laughs> okay, look at your neighbor and say, calm down. Some of you aren't looking at me. Some of you are real quiet. Some of you are going, boy, I should have stayed home tonight because I didn't want to get involved in this stuff. But it's, but it's time for you, amen? Everybody say, it's time for me. So, so, so it said this. It said that, 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 that uh, uh, Elijah, you know, was testing Elisha and said, go on back. What have I done to you? Settle this thing for yourself. Listen to me, listen to me real good. You're going to have to settle the issue that you have a place in the body of Christ, amen? You have to settle that. Okay, you have to understand you have a place, you have a position, and it's not to keep a seat warm. Amen? I mean, I understand that. It's not, it's, not, it's not that you get to come and sit and enjoy everything that everybody else has prayed about, prayed into. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. It's, it's time for you to get something. Everybody say, God has something for me. And I want what God has for me. So we did see that Elisha went and he took his oxen, he took his plow, he took everything and just offered up a sacrifice immediately, went and kissed mom and dad, and he took off following the man of God. Amen? So listen to me. It's up to you, everybody say me, me, to do what it takes to get the mantle. Amen? I'm going to ask you this question. I want your hand as high as you can do it. How many of you want God to put anointing on you tonight? Amen? I mean, I mean, I want your hands as high up as you can take them, amen, to get this anointing, get this mantle on you. Amen? Amen. Isn't God good? Well, you're in a good place because that's what's going to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, listen to me. I, I just, I just, you know, I mean, the Lord just rested this on me today. It was like, it was just incredible. So, so let me go to, I'm going to go through some scripture of some people that didn't take the mantle. Some people that sold their mantle. Other people that didn't show up with their mantle. Amen. So let's go to Ruth. How many remember Ruth, the book of Ruth? How many remember in Ruth chapter 1 that, that, that Naomi had two daughters? 
daughter-in-laws, but they called them daughters. Everybody say two. Now listen to me. It come time to where Naomi was going back to go back to her homeland because God started visiting the nation of Israel with bread again. But while they was out of the nation of Israel, Naomi's husband passed away and her two sons passed away. So she getting ready to leave, and she told her daughters and her daughter-in-laws, "You need to stay here. I'm going to go back." And and so so all of a sudden they both get emotional. You understand what I'm talking about? They, they both really do. They get emotional, and they're crying. They, they really don't want her to go, and she says, I got to go. I want you to stay here, and, 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 and so, so they're both kind of emotional, and, and, and they're kind of hugging and kissing on her, but then when it came time for decision-making, everybody say decision-making. It said, Orpud went back home. She left and did not pick up the mantle. Amen. She just went back home. Everybody say, well, she went back home. She just went back home. I mean, no, we never heard nothing about her anymore. How I many know we heard a lot about Ruth? Because Ruth said, no, I'm going with you, Okay. Because I want what you have. I want your God, amen. And we know that, listen to me, Ruth picked up the mantle, and the mantle that she picked up was that she received, got the privilege of being in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Just think about that, amen. Just think about it. I wonder what would have happened to her sister-in-law if she decided to come to, Amen. Every one of us have a choice. Everybody say a choice. We have a choice. Yes, you do have a choice, but in reality, when it comes to what God wants you to do, you really don't have a choice. You just need to do it. Amen. And so we have one turn and went back home. Everybody say back home. Because I tell you right now, serving God and, and, and going after what God really has for you and I, it costs. It's, I mean, no, it's not an easy journey. It's just not, and it's already cost Naomi and Ruth and Orpah already, it's already cost them. And so Orpah just said, you know, you know, God bless you, you know, whatever. I'm going to go back home. Everybody say go back home. Amen. You can go back home without nothing. Amen. But I don't want anybody to go back home without nothing. Amen. I want us all to leave out this place with a mantle. Everybody say a mantle. And so, so we see here that, that Ruth decided to go back somewhere. I mean, Orpah decided to go back home. Ruth says, I'm going to receive what God has for me. I want what God has for me. I want this mantle to be placed upon me. She didn't really understand it. And listen to me, listen to me. Okay, I need to stop right here. You don't have to understand what God wants you, what you, wants you to do. You just do it. You just let, let yourself be led by him, Amen. And so, so, so we have Orpah who went back. Ruth grabbed a hold of the mantle, amen. We also have, how many remember two brothers, Esau and Jacob? Listen to me. Esau sold his mantle. He sold it because he despised it. Amen. He did. How I many know he was the firstborn? And how I many know there's a mantle that comes on firstborn, especially firstborn boys in the Bible? How I many understand what I'm talking about? That, that, that mantle from their earthly father comes down upon them. Amen. 
And so, so he, just because he was hungry, listen to me, some of the simplest things will knock you out. I mean, my goodness, get a piece of beef jerky or something. Don't sell your birthright. Goodness. Good grave. Go get you one of them Texas Twinkies. Amen. We got some of them. How many have had Texas? Oh, everybody down here from Texas better be raising your hand. Okay, all you guys from Texas, how many of you have heard of Texas Twinkies? Yeah, you just heard about it now. I saw this on, hey, I saw this on a food channel up in Kansas City. They come on and said, I'm, we're going to show you what Texas Twinkies are in just a moment. I, I was thinking of pastry. I thought, my God, that sounds good. Because you, you, heard, you heard in Texas everything's bigger, so I'm thinking of a Twinkie like this. But then they come on, and it was this jalapeno pepper with cream cheese wrapped with brisket and wrapped with bacon. Oh, my mouth started. It's like, wow. I got a hold of Jenna. I got a hold of Brian. I said, get a hold of Melissa. When we're down there. We have to get some of these things. But, uh, but Esau, everybody say Esau. He sold his mantle for just a little bowl of soup. Listen to me. You can sell out what God wants you to do for a little of nothing, amen, because we, you can despise it. Don't want nothing to do with it, amen? And so, so Esau just took his mantle and gave it to his brother Jacob and said, you can have it, amen? I'm going to die by the time, uh, you know, our dad, you know, dies. I'm going to be dead anyway. He thought he was going to die just because he was hungry. Isn't it amazing what, what people do to, 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 to give up what God wants them? Isn't it amazing what they sell out? Isn't that just amazing? They forfeit their mantle. They just sell out. You know, a lot of people sell out for easy street. Everybody say easy street. Amen. I did not know there was an easy street until I became a mom. Man, we got an easy street up in Kansas City. If you want an easy street, I can take you there. It's a short one. <laughs> Amen. It's real short. It's only like two blocks long, but it's there. Amen. So listen to me. We have Orpah who just went back home. Ruth went ahead. You know what I'm talking about. We have Esau that sold his mantle. Jacob went along with the mantle. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? And we kept on hearing about, you know, Jacob and God used him because he, he got the mantle. Amen. But now I want you to go to, with me to Judges chapter 5. Amen. Isn't God good? I can feel the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready for this? Amen. So in, the book, in Judges chapter 5, it's, it's the story of where God used Deborah. Amen. I mean, remember God used Deborah to end Barak, to get the victory, you know, that Israel needed to. And in the middle of them rejoicing, if you read Judges chapter 5, they're dancing. I mean, they're rejoicing because God gave them the victory. Amen. But, everybody say but. But in the middle of that celebration, God says, I want you to simmer down and stop for a moment because i got to address some people. Because not all the tribes showed up for battle. 
Listen to me. God watches us more than what probably what we think he does. Amen. So in the middle of this, listen, when, when, when Israel went to war, all tribes were supposed to show up and go to battle. Amen. Listen to me. When we go to war, all of us are supposed to show up for battle. Amen. You have no option. Okay. You may think you have an option, but God will come after you if you don't show up. That's what happens here. They're dancing around and they're rejoicing and they're just having a good time. Why? Because God gave them the victory. And during that, during that celebration, God says, whoa, 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 stop. Some of you guys didn't show up. Some of you guys are jumping and dancing and you did not show up for your spot. So here we go. We got Judges chapter 5 beginning at verse 15. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah, as Issachar so was Barak, sitting to the valley under his command. But now listen to this. He's going to address like three or four tribes. He said, he said, among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings of the flock? The divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. Reuben did not show up because they were sitting around figuring out, does God really want us to do this? They didn't show up. Or maybe they didn't show up because all of a sudden God was using a woman to lead the nation of Israel. That's never happened. But, but God dresses Reuben and goes, Reuben, why did you just stay where you was at? You were supposed to come and battle with the rest of them. Amen? And, and they said, they, listen, you know, there's so many people that are stuck in the valley of decision. They're stuck there. They won't make a decision. They're just stuck there. I'm here to let you know tonight, it's time to make a decision. Amen? You understand what I'm talking about? It's a time to make a decision. God, whatever you have for me, whatever you want me to do, lay it on me. Amen? Because it is that time. And so, so he, he looks at Reuben and goes, Reuben, you guys, you guys think too much. Everybody say, think too much. People that think too much, they won't pick up nothing. Because when you think too much, you're trying to figure it all out before you even get the thing. I mean, understand that. You can't figure these mantles out. The Lord places on there you, and you just go with it as he leads you, amen? So, so, so Reuben did not show up for the battle. Because they were just, you know, trying to resolve this thing of, of what is this? You know, maybe, maybe it was the simple fact that God was using a woman. But whatever, whatever the reason was, God said, you did not show up because you're sitting around trying to figure everything out. Listen to me. You will not be able to figure everything out. Amen. You just got to flow with it. Everybody say flow with it. And then he didn't stop there. Then he goes, listen, he goes, Gilead. Here's another tribe. It says, Gilead, you stayed beyond the Jordan. He says, Gilead, where was you at? Because I mean, no, there were two tribes that stayed on this side of Jordan, but God told him, I'll let you stay over here, but when your brothers go to war, you need to go over there and fight with them. But it said that Gilead just stayed home. Everybody says stayed home. How many people just stay home? Amen? You have, you have a church picnic, everybody shows up. You have a prayer meeting, five people shows up. How many understand what I'm talking about? 
You know, you, you have a fun day, and everybody shows up for the fun day. But you have a day where you go to the inner city to witness, and you got a handful of people. Because people just like staying at home. Everybody say, stay at home. I mean, the Gilead, they just stayed at home. There's so many people in, in, the, in the body of Christ that are just so wrapped up in life. Everybody say life. They're, they're just wrapped up in it. That, that, that God has given them a, a mantle because the nation of Israel had a mantle on them for war. Amen. So Gilead just stayed at home. Everybody said stayed at home. Amen. How many know you got to pay a price? Amen. Everywhere we go, we are paying a price. <laughs> But we love it. We, everywhere we go, we go. I'm sitting there thinking about little Merida, little Merida over there. This little girl, she, I mean, she loves to come to Dallas. <laughs> she can't wait. She's like me and Zoe. Me and Zoe, we love the smell of hotel rooms. <laughs> oh, me, don't we, Zoe? We walk in a hotel, we go, oh, this smells good. Yeah, so you got to be willing to pay a price. But Gilead stayed at home, and God said, why did you stay at home? It was time for you to mantle up, put your armor on, and start battling with us. Amen. And then it didn't stop there. Then listen to this. And then he goes to Dan. Everybody say Dan. It said, and Dan, why did you remain on your ships? Can you imagine? Listen to me. Can you imagine? This whole victory and everybody's dancing around and you're dancing around. No, you didn't do nothing. <laughs> Amen. But you're dancing around because you got the victory and everything. All of a sudden, in the middle of dancing around, God stops and says, what happened to you? Because you didn't fight in this battle. But you're out here dancing with everybody else. It said that Dan stayed on ships. You know what that represents? Dan was wrapped up in their job. They was wrapped up in making money. <laughs> They were wrapped up in making money. You have Reuben who did, couldn't decide what to do. How I many know when God gives you an order, you don't get to decide, you just do it. But Reuben was trying to decide, is this of God, you know? You got them people out there who's always trying to figure, is this is of God, you know? For 40 years, is this of God, you know? And then you got people like Gilead, they just stay at home. Fooey on that. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to intercede. I'm not going to do all that. Let somebody else do that, and I'll enjoy the benefits of it. You have other people, it's all about money. I've got to make money, and this is what they do. I'll pay you money, and you can go do all that. I'll just keep on making money. I'll, I'll just give you the money to do it, but you're going to do it. And so Dan just stayed on their ships. That means they just kept working. The nation of Israel's at war, and they're working. The nation of Israel's at war. Gilead just sitting at home eating Twinkies and bonbons. You know what I'm talking about? And then you got Reuben, and they're sitting there just trying to figure out, is God really this? I mean, their brothers are out there fighting battles, and they're just sitting there. Amen? Isn't it amazing? Oh, listen to this one. Everybody say Asher. Asher said, Asher just continued at the seashore. How many people just love sitting on the beach? I didn't look at any of you. I had my eyes closed. How many people just love fun and games? Relaxation. Fun and games. 
Hey, man, I mean, my goodness, you know. I mean, some people goes on vacation more than I got hours in a day, seems like. All the trips, and listen, we made several trips down to, to Brownsville, and for a whole week we'd be down there. We only went to the beach twice because, and that's because someone else begged us. I didn't go down to see a beach. <laughs> I went down to see the glory of God. You understand what I'm talking about? I didn't care about them beaches. I don't care about the beach. Yeah, I want the glory. I mean, if you want the glory. And so they, listen, it said that Asher just put up their little umbrella, sat underneath there, sipping on their tea and their lemonade, you know, while the rest of their brothers are over there fighting the battle. Amen? Isn't that amazing? Look at your neighbor and say, that's amazing. God's, God called all these four tribes out, and he said, where were you at? He was asking, why, why didn't you pick your mantle up and come to war? Listen to me. There's no excuse to not pick our mantles up and show up for battle. I mean, I mean understand that, amen? And I'm, I'm going to let you know, we are in the fiercest battle that we've ever been in. Okay, everybody else has had their battles, and I'm sure in, in, in years gone by that everybody would say it was the worst battle when they were in it. But we are in a battle of all battles. How many understand what I'm talking about? Amen. And we need everybody to show up. We need everybody to mantle up. Amen. We need everybody to put on the full armor of God and get in this battle so that we can win some things. Amen. Listen to me. People are dying there all every day going to hell. Amen. And we're sitting around trying to figure things out and we're too tired and, 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 and we got to work and we got to have just fun, relaxing times, amen? Wow, just think about that, amen? Everybody say a mantle. Listen to me. God wants, God has something for you to do. Everybody say me. And listen to me, because I, I got to keep throwing this out there. It isn't like... Because trust me, I had a call in the ministry when I was a young boy. I really did. And I really didn't really, well, first of all, I, I, I walked away from the Lord. And when I came back and, and, and gave my life back to the Lord, I actually thought I forfeit that mantle because of what I did. And I actually did think that for a while. I, I, I guess kind of like put it out of my mind, put it out of my thoughts because I thought, well, I probably blew that because... I walked away from the Lord and done all them sinful things. Listen to me. If that's you here tonight, don't let anything of your past keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Amen. Because all of a sudden, the Lord come and tapped on my heart and said, you remember I called you in the ministry as a young boy. I said, yeah, but I, said, I thought I, 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 I forfeited that. He goes, no. <laughs> How many are thankful that God uses imperfect people? Amen. No, no, how many are thankful God uses imperfect people, amen? So now, listen to this, I'm married, and I have two children. My wife didn't know, know nothing about this. She did not know, she didn't know I was called in the ministry as a young boy. She did not know that. Because when we got together, I was still like a long-haired hippie. I wasn't serving the Lord. And so, so now I got to go tell my wife that the Lord is calling us into the ministry, so I went to my wife. I said, I got to talk to you about something. She goes, okay. What? I said, well, when I was a boy growing up, the Lord, you know, called me at a young age to be in the ministry. And she goes, you married the wrong woman. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Where did that come from? 
And she goes, I listen. She said, I'm not a pastor's wife. I said, I didn't say we're going to be pastors. I was just called in the ministry. Oh, boy, she started fighting me. What are you talking about? You should have told me that. And I'm sitting there going, I forgot about myself, sweetheart. Jesus, I did it deliberately, amen. And so finally I just said, listen to me. Settle down. I mean, no, you got to tell your spouse sometimes, settle down. I said, settle down. Will you just pray about it? Okay. She goes, I will, but you married the wrong person. <laughs> and so, so at the church we was going to every Wednesday night, we, we had prayer at the altars, and you come down for prayer at the end of the service, and we pray. Me and my wife always went down together and prayed together, you know, as a team, you know, and everything. For, for some reason, we went down, and my wife went over this way, and I thought she was following me this way. I got over here, and I thought, where's my wife at? And I saw her clear over there praying. I thought, okay, let her pray, you know. And so I was over here praying, so I get up. And when I get up, my wife gets up, and I saw the Lord spoke to her that we were going to the ministry. Then I started running. I'm sorry. She's coming to, around to get me. I could tell all of her. Her face was glowing. And I knew the Lord confirmed to her that we was going to the ministry. I started walking to the back of the church as fast as I could. She's going, hey, 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 so, hey, hey I got to tell you something. I said, I know you do. <laughs> okay. And trust me, I do know you do. She goes, stop, stop, I got to tell you something. I said, I know you do. And she says, don't you want to hear? I said, no, not really, because now I know it's a real thing. <laughs> I thought I had an out as long as she fought it, you know what I'm talking about, but now she came in agreement with it. But listen to me, you know what she told me? She told me I was over there. And she, and she told me, I have been praying about this that you told me, even though I'm frustrated about it. She said, I have been praying about it. And she said, the Lord come to me, and she said, the only way I could describe it, it was like when you asked me to marry you, she said, I was so overwhelmed that you would want me. And she said, it was just like the Lord come to me and asked me, would you do this for me? I just want you to do this for me. And, it, and she said, it was that same feeling that come upon her when I asked her to marry me. And, and, and so, so then that started our ministry. Everybody say Ministry. Now, listen to me. When God gives you a mantle, you don't get to start at the top. Amen. Some of you go, oh, yeah, I know I'm called. Just give me that microphone. Let me have it. I mean, you don't get to start at the top. I mean, no, I mean, no, I mean, no you don't join the army and you're a general in the same day. I mean, no, you got to do something to get up there. Amen. You know where our ministry started? Cleaning the church. Clean. Oh, I know some of you, that's above and beyond you. <laughs> you know, you're really anointed. You're not anointed to do toilets. I'll tell you right now, if you can't clean toilets, you're not going to do anything for the kingdom of God. You got to clean toilets. And you got to do it with a good heart. You understand? Me and my wife set our two little children down, and we were just as happy as we could be cleaning the whole church. Amen? And cleaning the toilets. And listen to me, guys. You need to do a better job in the men's toilet, Okay? I'm just telling you, you need to do a better job. Amen. But you got to do what God wants you to do. Because you do have a position God wants you to do. It's just not for a handful of people. It's for everyone. Everybody say everyone. It's for all of us. Everybody say all of us. Amen. You and I have to be able to. Now we have another one. Let me take you know. How many remember Esther? Oh, we love Esther, don't we? 
Amen. But how I many know she had a choice? How I many know her, her uncle Mordecai said, listen to me, I need to talk direct to you. And this is what he said, if you don't pick this mantle up, salvation is still going to come to the nation of Israel, but it will not go well for you and your family. Isn't that something? Because you want to know what? If we don't do what God wants us to do, that's not good. You understand what I'm talking about? So Mordecai said, hey, listen to me, Esther, okay? God is going to save the nation of Israel. They are, okay? He kind of wants it to go through you right now, but if you don't want to do this, God's still going to, you know, save the nation of Israel, but it's not going to go well with your family. And then he gives her this encouragement. Maybe you come for such a time as this. Everybody say, it's my time. Oh, no, no, no. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, it's my time. Come on, look at another neighbor and say, it's my time. He said, listen, she had a choice. Okay? But before she made a choice, Mordecai had to give her the revelation that it's going to happen. God's going to save his people. If you choose not to do this, it's not going to go well for you and your family. I think a lot of people are miserable in the body of Christ because they haven't picked their mantle up and started doing something. You understand me? Some of the most miserable people in the body of Christ are people that won't pick up a mantle. They're just miserable. Have you ever been around miserable Christians? Come on, you guys can raise your hands. You ever been around? Listen to me, people that don't want to pick up a mantle, they want to tell everybody else how to operate in their mantle. Oh, that hit really hard. You know, they, they don't want to pick up a mantle, but they want to control the one with the mantle. They, want, they, they don't want to be, have the responsibility to be in charge, but they want to be in charge. Are you getting it? You know, and so, 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 you know, some of the most miserable people in the body of Christ are people that God's trying to get them to do something for him and they're refusing to do it. Amen. For whatever reason, they're just refusing to do it. Amen. And so, so Esther, God, God told, you know, through Mordecai, he, Mordecai, he was just honest and said, listen to me, God's going to save this nation of ours. Because I mean, oh, God's a covenant-keeping God. But he told her, he said, but if you don't want to do this, God will use up someone else, but it won't go well with you. I think a lot of people in the body of Christ, it isn't going well with them because they aren't picking up their mantle. They're just refusing to. Amen? Isn't God good? Look at your neighbor and say, God is good. Amen? So listen to me. There's, there, there, there's something that you and I have to really understand when it comes to mantles or commissioning, okay? Go to Zechariah chapter 4. I think this is another uh, thing that, that some people struggle with because they think, how can I do this? You know? Well, I mean, no, the Scripture has an answer for everything. Everybody say the Scripture has an answer for everything. So you got Zechariah, who's a prophet, and, and Zerubbabel's trying to lay down the foundation of the temple to build a temple back up. Amen. Zerubbabel's thinking, how can I do this all on my own? So the Lord had to come to 
Zerubbabel through the prophet Zechariah and tell him, you're not going to do this on your own. Everybody say, I'm not by myself. God isn't going to put something on you for you to perform it by yourself. That doesn't happen. Everybody say, it doesn't happen. But listen to, what the, listen to what God said through the prophet Zechariah. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not by might, and it's not by power. Everybody say, it's not by my might, and it's not by my power. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not by your might, and it's not by your power. But it's all done through the Spirit. Come on, everybody say, it's done through the Spirit. I mean, what's Pentecost about? Pentecost is about mantles coming down on God's people, amen, to be able to do what they're called to do, amen. And so God tells, tells Zechariah, go get a hold of uh, uh, Zerubbabel and shake him and say, you're not going to do this on your own, amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're not going to do this on your own. Okay, it's going to be done through the Spirit. Everybody say the Spirit. Because, listen to me, in our own strength and in our own might, we cannot do anything. If you do that for a while, you will run out really quick. Amen? So, 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 when the Lord wants to put a mantle on us, it comes through the power of the Spirit of God. Amen? It doesn't come through your own strength. It doesn't come through your own might. All you do is ride the wave of the Spirit. Amen? And let him flow through you. Amen? How many of you want to be a mantle? Come on, how many of you want to have a mantle? Raise your hands up. Amen? Just raise your hands up and say, Holy Spirit, drop it on me. Drop it on me. Is this helping anybody? I want to make sure this is helping because, you, you know, I just want. Okay, so listen to me. I, I, I got to go to the, to the to two more verses, two more sets of scripture here. Isaiah chapter 6. Amen? I mean, know this is a chapter where King Uzziah died and, and Isaiah got a vision of the Lord when King Uzziah died. I mean, remember that chapter. And so, so he got a glimpse of, he got a glimpse of, of God that, that, just, that just showed that he was undone. Everybody say undone. I mean, this guy was already a prophet. He's six chapters into writing his book and all of a sudden he got a glimpse of heaven and found out he needed to have some stuff cleaned out of him. And what was the thing he needed to have cleaned out of him? What was that little member I talked about last night? That tongue. <laughs> he goes, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst all of us with unclean lips. Okay. But listen to me. Isaiah got to listen to a conversation in heaven. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, he said, and I also heard the voice of the Lord saying. <laughs> How many of you love to hear a conversation in heaven? Wouldn't that be awesome? All of a sudden, you're sitting there. All of a sudden, the heavens open. You're hearing God talking up there. Wouldn't that be incredible? So that happened to Isaiah. Isaiah said, Isaiah said, I heard the Lord's voice. I heard him saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Amen. So here God's up in heaven wants mantles to drop down so that people will go for him. And so Elijah gets, you know, Elijah gets to hear this conversation going on. God's looking for someone to drop a mantle on. And, and the conversation in heaven is, who are we going to drop this mantle on? Isaiah said, 
Here I am. Everybody say, here I am. Right, come on, say, here I am. Because God wants to drop a mantle on you. Amen. And your response to, the, to, to that, just say, here I am. And that's all you do, say, here I am. I, Isaiah said, here I am, send me, I'll go. <laughs> he said, put that mantle on me, I'll go do your work, I'll go do whatever it takes, amen. And listen to me again, I got to keep coming back to this. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a pastor or evangelist or anything like that. How many know Stephen just waited tables? But how many know that man had a mantle on him? I mean, he had such a mantle that the Holy Spirit was working through him. It it irritated them Pharisees and Sadducees, and they killed that boy. And all he did was wait tables. Because when it comes to mantles, everybody, if if you're like me, because another thing that I kind of wrestled with is when I did accept, okay, Lord, you have the ministry. I was going, oh, Lord, don't send me here. Oh, Lord, don't send me there. (laughs) I mean, understand what I'm talking about. Don't send me there. You know, the first three years in the, or two years in the post office was in the worst part of town. I had people getting shot all the time. Getting shot all the time. Being a mailman. And so, so it was different between night and day from where I lived to go to the worst part of Kansas City. It was bad. When the choppers went up in the air, I knew someone got shot. Because they were looking for the person that shot. I come upon this one uh, street, and, they, and, and the police officers had that yellow ticket, you know, do not you know, get in there and everything. Well, I have to deliver the mail. And it is true. Through rain, sleet, or snow, the mail must go. Isn't that right? <laughs> you, you, well, I tell you, there's one thing that keep mail as a dog, okay? <laughs> they didn't put that little slogan in there. Through rain, sleet, or snow, but dogs. If you keep your dog out, you won't get mail. Okay, I'll tell you that right now. And so I come up on this scene. And I said, okay, what happened? I got delivered mail. And they go, oh, well, this guy come home and, and found his wife, you know, in bed with another man. And so he took out his gun and shot him and everything. And I said, okay, so you got the guy? I mean, he called, no, we don't know where he's at. He's around here hiding somewhere. The gun's in the middle of the street up there. And I thought, oh, okay. And they go, but you can go ahead and go deliver mail. And so the only thing I hear through my head, through the, the post office slogan, rain, sleet, or snow, and through people getting shot. <laughs> so I'm walking up this, and there's, I mean, no, there's trees and bushes. I mean, this guy could be hiding anywhere. So I'm walking up here looking at everything, you know, looking around. I look at the police officer. I thought, instead of standing there, walk with me. You got the gun. Get up here and protect me. It's like, jeez. Don't stand back there and just, you know, by the tape, get up here and look for the dude. <laughs> Amen. And so, so part of my prayer was, oh, don't send me to that place. I mean, understand what I'm talking about. Don't send me to that place. Well, listen to me. He hasn't sent me to that place, at least not yet. <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm kind of excited because this is the first church I got to go to that's in a big city. Because I love the cities. The Lord usually takes me out some in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was going, I was going to this one church down in Desert, Missouri. I didn't even know there was a Desert, Missouri at all. I get to this, and I was going down there once a month, a whole revival service for this dear friend of mine, this dear brother. They were great, but I mean, this town had 150 people was all. 
I think we have more case boats than they do in the whole town. And, and, they, had, and they had one gas station, and it, it closed at 5 o'clock. Now, listen to me. There's only so many hours you can pray, you know, to get ready for a service. And I was bored as all get out in this little town. I mean, it was just like, it's like, what do you guys do down here? I'm asking these people, what do you do down here? And they're like, looking at me like, well, we just do. I said, what do you do? It's like, I'm used to the city where we get to go do something. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about. I said, you got one store and it closes at five. I can't even go out at midnight and get a snack because it closes. But get this, so I'm, I'm down there at this church. I mean, God was showing up at this church and, and, and I do ask the Lord, I said, why can't I go to a bigger city? Why can't I just do a bigger city? But I was, I was down there, and so, so there's one lady who was uh, part of this church. She come in one time. She said, I had a dream the other day uh, about our church. I said, oh, that's good. And, and, and she goes, I've seen all these demons flying around the top of our church, just flying around the top of our church. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, what in the world is all these demons flying around the top of our church? And she said, the Lord said it's because you were here. And I said, well, maybe we need to get rid of them. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? Maybe the Lord sent me down there to get rid of them. I felt like asking her, do you got any in you? <laughs> You're the one that saw them. How many you know what I'm talking about? I mean, no, sometimes God puts stuff on you and you're not privy to it. How many understand what I'm talking about? I was, with, I was with my sister Carol at her church. She, her and my, my brother-in-law, they pastor uh, out on Long Island. And so when I go down out there, she goes, oh, why don't you minister? And a lot of times I go, I just want to veg out. She goes, oh, I want you to minister. So I got up and preached and everything. So it came to the altar call time. And I mean, the glory of God was in the house. And there was like 100 people that come up and stood to get prayer. I went out to play and I laid hands on the first person. The power of God come on them. All of a sudden, I heard this screech yell halfway down the line. I looked at my sister Carol, and I said, what was that? Because <laughs> it's her church. You know, I just thought maybe someone was just getting blessed by the Lord. She goes, I don't know. I've never heard that. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess we'll find out when we get down there. <laughs> and so I'm praying for, and I'm, you know, when you hear something weird, you kind of get, you know, you're praying, but you're looking. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to be ambushed. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'm praying, I'm looking, and I saw one of, the, her, or one of her team ladies, you know, trying to get the lady and sitting on the front pew talking to her. So, so now we get up on this scene, you know, so I come, come to the lady, and I said, I said, look here, come up so I can pray for you. And this is what she said. She said, listen to me, I'm in the white magic. I'm not in the black magic. I'm, and I said, ma'am, there's no such good. She goes, she tried to argue with me. No, no, I'm in, I'm in the white magic. I'm not into that black magic. I'm going, would you settle down? There's no such thing as good magic, okay? Nothing at all. And she kept trying to argue with me. I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. I laid hands on her. I said, God, take care of her. And poof, she went down on the floor. And my Carol sitting, my sister Carol sitting there looking like she didn't know this. You know, so after service, I said, did you know that? <laughs> she goes, no, I didn't know that. And I said, but, but I did not know that I had that type of mantle that the enemy will kind of manifest himself in people's lives while I'm just ministering. Oh, that just kind of blew me away. Amen. But it did happen. Everybody said it does happen. 
But that enemy tried to argue with me. Just tried to argue with me. Yes, Lord, take care of this. Amen. So everybody say, send me. Some of you get really nervous when you talk about stories about the enemy and the devil. How many know you get really nervous? Some of you are like, oh, I don't want that to happen to me. Well, I did. It wasn't like I went out there hoping that happens. You know, it isn't like you go out there and go, come on, devil, get up here and let's just go at this. It just kind of shows up, amen? But listen, listen this is, I'm, I said all this to get to this last set of scriptures here, okay? Over in Matthew chapter 20. Man, your pastor has talked about this set of scriptures quite often lately. I'm going to narrow it down. It was a guy that was head of the vineyard. It was harvest time. Everybody said it was harvest time. At the beginning of dawn, he went out and hired people. Okay? He hired people to go get the harvest in. Okay? So they went working. A few hours later, he said, I need more workers. So he went and got more workers. A few hours later, he went and got more workers. So he's getting more workers, and it came the 11th hour. Everybody said 11th hour. Matthew chapter 20, verse 1 through 7, verse 7, 1 through verse 7 said it came the 11th hour. And he went out at the 11th hour, and he saw people standing by idly. And he said to them, why are you not doing anything? And they said, because no one has come and hired us to do anything. And he said, you go into my vineyards because I got to get this in and I'm going to pay you the same as the people that's been out there all day. Listen to me. We're in the 11th hour. Oh, and I feel this. I do, brother. I, I, I feel I, the Lord spoke to me. It's our time. <laughs> it is. Our, listen to me. You guys just don't know what the Lord's going to put on you. Okay. I know what the Lord's going to put on you. It's going to be anointing for the 11th hour. Amen. You're going to be anointed for the harvesting of this 11th hour. Amen. I was talking to your pastor. I was talking to him because I did, you know, you, especially when you go to Brownsville, you, you know, you hear Steve Hill. He said, you better have something to give to the Lord. I'm sitting there going, God, I don't have nothing. Everybody runs for me. I got the most, I got the, I got the biggest church where more people leave than stay. They, they, they always tell you, you need, to, you need to kind of lock up that back door. I said, I do, but they pick the lock and run out of it. <laughs> I got people that leaves the church all the time, amen, and go somewhere else. It's like, and so I'm doing, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, God, I'm trying, I'm trying to win the loss because, I mean, no, that's what it's about. And, and, and I said, I feel like if I, feel like if I get to have you just call me home, I don't have nothing to give you. And I was telling the Lord that, and the Lord, and the Lord reminded me of this story. He said, listen to me. Even if I have to hold you back to the 11th hour, I'm going to use you in the harvest field. Amen. Amen. So guess what? When I was given this, I didn't even think about this, but when I was getting this message together, the Lord took me this store, to this store, and he said, son, it's time. Everybody say, it's time. It's time. How many are you ready to see the harvest come in? No, I mean, if you're really ready to see the harvest come in. Amen. So, so listen to me. The mantles that the Lord has that he wants to put on us is for this end-time harvest. When I watched the, the Jesus Revolution movie, I told the Lord, uh, I wept all the time. I told you at the beginning. I said, Lord, you have to put a mantle, mantle on us for this generation. It has to be a mantle for this generation. The mantles of the past was for them. 
I mean, no, we need to have a mantle for this hour. Everybody say this hour. And listen to me. It, it, the, the Lord wants to put a mantle on anyone and everyone. I leaned over to Tiffany. I said, I said tell, what was her name? Whitney. Whitney, uh, 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 the uh, children's church pastor of Brownsville daughter. Whitley Lane, she was seven years old. Eight, eight years old. I have to talk about daughters, get the story straight. But she is eight years old, and God put a mantle of intercession on her. Eight years old. Listen to me. Eight years old. They, 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 I'm telling you right now, a lot of times they would pipe in the sounds from the children's church, and the children's church, I mean, the young, I mean, eight, seven, six, they're weeping, and they're wailing back in there. I'm telling you, I heard this moan, ears. And so they bring her out, and she's weeping. She's eight years old on this platform of Brownfield weeping. And so, so they're asking him, they go, can you tell us what's going on? And she just says, she said, well, she said, the Lord just moved upon me. And they go, what's going on? And, and so she says, I have to pull them out of the flames. I have to pull them out of the flames. They're in the flames. I have to pull them out of the flames. Eight years old, and she's sitting there going like this and pulling out. She says, I got to get them out of the flames. I just have to get them out of the flames. Wow. Eight years old. Amen. A lot of them kids back in there. I remember one time they brought all, almost all of the children's church out there. And they got on the platform. I mean, them children's church kids were weeping, welling, interceding, crying out. And so I remember one service they brought them out. Steve Hill, I don't know if you were there. Steve Hill didn't even pray. I mean, didn't even speak. He come out and said, God has spoken through these people right here. And if you are not right with God, you need I'm telling you, the altar's flooded with people. And because of six, seven, eight-year-old children interceding, a mantle of intercession on them, pulling people out of flames of hell. Just think about that. So it's for all of us. Everybody say all of us. You young ones, it's for you. Amen. Everybody say it's for me. And so, so this is the 11th hour. It's time for us to receive the mantles for the 11th hour. I'm going to say that again. It's time for us to receive our mantles for the 11th hour. Amen. I'm going to say it again. It's time for us to receive our mantles for the 11th hour. Amen. Come on. How many of you want to see a harvest? Amen. Come on. How many of you want to do the work of the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. How many, how many of you want to get your hands dirty in a sense? You know what I'm talking about? How many, I'm, uh, listen to me. How many of you have unsaved loved ones? You lift your hands up high. You got unsaved loved ones. How many of you want to see them coming to the Lord? I'm telling you right now, this mantle that God's going to put on you, you're going to reach your unsaved loved ones. You're going to stop going and saying, I wish this person would come and talk to them. You're just going to walk up to them, and God's just going to get a hold of them. Amen. Because it's the mantling of the Holy Spirit, amen? So now, I'm, I, I, it's, it's time. Everybody say, it's time. So I want you to stand up, amen? Isn't God good? Woo! Mm. I can feel the Lord. Amen? This is a, this is a different type, and it's going to be different. It's going to be different. I know it's going to be different when we pray. I know it's just going to be different. I don't know how it's going to be different, but I'm telling you, it's going to be different because God's going to place mantles on you. Amen. And you're going to walk out of here with a mantle on you. Amen. 
Amen. You're going to walk out of here with a mantle. When, when, when you got a mantle on, on you, when we have a mantle on us for the harvest, we can walk out to the harvest and, 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 the, and the mantle that's on us can cause the Spirit of God to move upon them. Amen. This is, this is also a Pentecost conference, isn't it? Yeah. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. God man-